Hello, hello. Welcome to the Odeo Learning Channel. <laughs> so glad you guys are here with me to, today. Hello, Lee and James and Asia and Jennifer and Betty and Wirewool. I'm just so happy all of you are here today. I, um, I wanted to start today with a little bit of, of analysis out of... Uh, I'm getting tripped up on my words. <laughs> it's kind of a difficult thing, but I, I'm sharing something out of this book. And it's a principle of understanding the how Hebrew works. Okay. And so I wanted to share this. It's in the introduction of this. In, in this particular book, which is, if you're listening by podcast, the Etymological Dictionary Biblical Hebrew based on the commentaries of Samson Raphael Hirsch by Matty Yahoo Clark. It's one of it's one of my favorite study tools. I love this book. It deals with roots and in his introduction he explains so much about how Hebrew works, okay? So I just wanted to share this little bit with you because this is what we're going into a little bit today as we go through our analysis of the word Beelzebub, right? All right. So it says, this is in the introduction. It's called etymological analysis. It says, the basis of Hirsch's analysis of Hebrew words is the concept of letters which interchange. Certain Hebrew consonants, particularly those which sound alike, are related in meaning as well as in sound. An example would be the letters Aleph, 
hay, het, and ayin, which are called guttural consonants. When these consonants appear in similar roots, the resulting words have related meanings. As an illustration, examine how Hirsch explains the first two words of the Torah. Barashit bara, right? The word barashit comes from the root bara. Oh, I'm sorry. Comes from the root ra, resh, resh. The root resh is related to the roots I'm reading it in Hebrew, so forgive me because it's written in Hebrew. It's got some English, but he's got the Hebrew words and I'm having to read it that way. So it's a little slower for me. I have to catch it. So the root resh is related to the roots rahish and raish, which one has a hay and the other has an ayin, both of which indicate some type of movement. The root rakash is an emotional type of movement, a feeling, an internal stirring. The root ra'ish with the ayin is a physical movement, a quaking, noisy, shaking type of activity. By extension, the root resh, like in Bereshit, right, as in Bereshit means more than a beginning. As most commentators state, it denotes a beginning of motion, a start of activity. The second word of the Torah, which is bara, is related to the root para, to blossom. Bara, bara to flee. And, oh, no, that's kara, to flee. And para to loosen, all of which have the underlying meaning of emerging or freeing from constraints. Bara, therefore, means to bring something forth from a vacuous state or to create from nothingness. Like he's saying, you know, that we're we're understanding more of that bare sheet word by understanding the words that are related. Okay, so I had wanted to just share that little bit. I know it's it, those things can be really tough to understand, and we'll just have to kind of keep going over some of that. I have to keep going over it myself. But let me go ahead and share my screen with what I had for you today. Okay, all right. So we were looking, and mercy poured forth. We were reading this this verse that says, "It is enough." For the Talmud that he be as his rabbi and the servant as his Adonai, if they've called the rabbi of the house of Baal Zebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? So I wanted to put it in here so that we can see where are we going with this word and, and how are we going to figure this out? See, here it is in the... King James Version, where we get our strong numbers, right? So I love it in the Sefer, how it's separated for us. And we can see that we're dealing with the entity Baal. And then we're dealing with a description of how he's operating in this instance, 
you know, um, because you see it by all payor, by all this, by all that, right? It, it's giving us different instances. It's just like how Yah, when we see with Yah all the different names, you know, Yahwazavaot, right? You, you know, the Lord, the host of all the angel armies, Yah, uh, Yahweh. Yirah, right? The fear of Yahweh, the um, it, it's all the names that Yah has, whether we're talking about him as our creator, Bara, you know, um, all the different names that you see, what we're seeing is aspects of his character, aspects of how he operates. And we see the same thing when we're talking about the adversary. Yes, Betty, titles. Exactly. That's exactly what we're talking about. These titles, it doesn't mean we're dealing with different entities. It means we're dealing with different aspects. Just like, you know, if if my daughter, if I go somewhere with my daughter, then, and my grandchildren, I am their mom and their grandma. You know, they don't know a, a, a thing about me being somebody on YouTube that teaches the audio, right? <laughs> Not at all. I'm just mom and grandma. When I go somewhere with my husband and he introduces me to people from his job and, and different stuff, I'm, I'm just his wife. I'm that's it. You know, I'm not anything else. I'm introduced in that aspect. I'm, I'm a wife, right. And, and the people that he introduces me to see me through that description and that viewpoint, right. They may not know anything else about my life. And it's the same thing when we're looking in the scripture for these different uh, names of Yah or names that the adversary appears by. We're getting, um, we're understanding how they function in different areas, you know, and understanding different things about their character. Okay. So I wanted to look at be Baal Zabub, right? So of course we're looking at it in Greek. So I've got to start in the Thayer's dictionary. I can start in Strong's or Thayer's. I chose Thayer's. What I'm always trying to do because I'm looking at the Hebrew and the Odeo is I'm trying to go, you know, take things back to the original, to that pure language. So this Thayer definition is Lord of the house. Okay. A name of Satan, the prince of evil spirits, a proper noun, a proper masculine. Okay. So I went to, I, I took this and I took it to my tool that I use on studylight.org to find um, similar, what would be the equivalent Hebrew. So that's what I did, you know, and I looked it up. So it gives me just Baal, right? That was all it was going to give me and the equivalent. So what is the definition of Baal? It is H1167, the owner, the husband, the Lord, uh, owner, husband, citizens, inhabitants, rulers, lords, a noun of relationship used to characterize, i.e. a master of dreams. Okay, it's it's really just saying, you know, this is the first part of the description. Baal is the entity, really, you know, that this is the entity. And, and I love it how it means, you know, literally Lord, 
<laughs> right? And and this is why I love knowing Yahweh's name and saying it in Hebrew. I don't want there to be any confusion <laughs> about who I'm talking about and who I'm praying to. <laughs> right? So it's often used of foreign, of foreign gods. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And so it comes from, we see down here, it's coming from H1166. So let's take a look at H1166. It gives us the same thing. Look, it's spelled the same. Uh, the bet, the ayin, the lamed, ba'al. But now it's starting to give us the function. This is what I was kind of getting to when I was talking about um, yesterday on the presentation that I did in, in learning to go from form to function. You know, anytime I'm trying to dig into the Hebrew, what I really want to know is not so much that it's, you know, black and it's tall and it's, I mean, these things are good that, you know, especially when we're, I was listening to a presentation yesterday by uh, Dr. Laura Sanger and I posted it on Telegram so everybody else could could hear it too. And it was really good. And it was about learning to identify the Nephilim host, you know, and she's going into form and, and definitions within her breakdown, but then she goes into function and how they act, you know, and this is what I see in the Hebrew. This is how Hebrew works. Okay. So here I'm starting to get the function. What does this want to do? They want to marry they want to rule over that, you know, they want to possess, to own, to be Lord over, to rule over, to be married to whom they are seek out. Right. Yep. <laughs> All righty. So it is a primitive root. So we got to the primitive root here. Okay. So we're, I'm always trying to get to the primitive root. And when I'm looking at primitive roots, I am always looking at, at, as a chiastic type thing. Okay. If I look at it from a chiastic pattern, it means I'm looking at trying to find the heart. And if I'm finding the heart, what do I see? Except the ayin, the all seeing eye of this is a better pictographic explanation, right? I'm seeing like that all seeing eye that we see everywhere associated with the gods of Egypt, right? That's what I'm beginning to see right in the heart of this word. That tells me a lot <laughs> right there. Okay. So let's keep going. So where do I find this word zebub? Okay. I found it in Ecclesiastes 10.1. Dead flies, dead zebub, cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So does a little folly him that is in, in reputation for wisdom and honor. Look at this though, right? So this zebub causes the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. What are we talking about here? Pharmacia, right here, right? This is the, the, the Lord of the flies. And what does it do? It causes what should be used for healing 
by someone who's skilled an apothecary to know how to blend things, if it's coming from Beelzebub and from the dark side, it causes that ointment to send forth a stinking savor. I thought that was very interesting all in itself. And I'm not really trying to dig into that. I just noticed it. So I thought it was interesting. Okay. So, but what I am trying to look at is digging into the word zebub. Okay. This fly, right? Dead flies. You know, just so interesting how it's mixed into the pharmacia here, right? Just a whole nother clue. Uh, you know, honestly, with you guys, I did not see that until just this moment. And, and y'all's just like pointing it out. But I always pray that he'll reveal things even as we're as we're doing this. And I try to be what I was talking about on Bursley Poured Forth, flexible so that I'm listening for his voice at the same time that I'm trying to talk and present. It's always interesting, right? Okay, so this this zebub, this is what we're looking at. We're looking at the fly, Baal Zebub. This is what you know they were calling Yahusha. Right. I mean, very interesting that that's this is what they were accusing him of. All right. So it is an unused root, meaning to flit, to flit. Right. That's what flies do. Right. right? They're so aggravating. <laughs> I hate getting a fly in the house. It just drives me nuts, you know, because they're buzzing your head and they're aggravating and they're spreading disease. And, you know, it, right. This is it. Thank you so much, Jen, for, for adding this. Let me put her. It brings sickness and death instead of life and healing. Absolutely. That's exactly it. And, and, it's just wild that I'm seeing that connected with the apothecary there too, right? All right. So this book that I was talking about, I've got it listed here in right here. This is what I'm talking about. The Etymological Dictionary of Biblical Hebrew by Mattyahu Clark. This only lists primitive roots and it's not exhaustive. It doesn't list all primitive roots, right? It just, it, it, it's selective. It's a biblical Hebrew. And so it, it doesn't list them all, but it's a, it's a great book. All right. So I looked in it. So when you look at it, it just gives you the root words, no vowel pointings in it. And so when I looked this root, this, this, uh, Zion, bet, bet, zebub. Okay, that's the root. Zion bet bet. See here, we've got the Zion bet vav bet. When I took it to the root, here's what we've got. And when I looked it up in, in this book, here's what it says. It says to move to and fro, a hovering fly. Well, this just reminded me out of this in Job. Job 1.7 says, And Yahweh said unto Satan, From whence come you? Then Satan answered Yahweh and said, From going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it, <laughs> right? To move to and fro. Okay, so this is, this is the function 
of what Zebub does. He moves to and fro like a hovering fly. Okay. So this word, when I looked up to and fro, the word is shoot. That is a sheen, a vav, and a tet. Okay. And it is H7751 out of Strong's and Brown Driver Briggs. And it means to go, go or rove about, go to and fro, to go or rove about, to go to and fro, go eagerly or quickly to and fro, to run to and fro, to row, like if you were on a, a lake or a body of water. It is a verb, so it's an action. It is a primitive root. All right, so I wanted to read something else about this, out how Hebrew works out of this book right here. So I'm going to remove this for a minute. Let me do that. All right. So this is, this section is still out of the introduction and it's explaining how things work. And here's what he's saying. It's on page 15 of the introduction. It says, each of the three consonants. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Let me start up. It's called related roots is the section I'm reading for. It says, in addition to related words that share a single root, the Hebrew language includes many roots that are related to one another. A special feature of this dictionary is its identification with respect to Hebrew root of the entire family of related roots. By highlighting the relationship between various Hebrew roots, the dictionary eliminates the artificial boundaries that most dictionaries erect between words. As a result, the dictionary's user can identify the specific sense or meaning of a word and also locate that meaning within the broader context of the Hebrew language of which it is a part. Related roots fall into two categories, cognates and variants. Cognate roots generally share consonants, which originate in a common vocal organ. It means it's going to sound the same. Remember it was talking earlier about gutturals. There's like, I believe there's four classifications and it sometimes will go over that to, to how you classify the letters, right? Where applicable, each entry in the dictionary lists a cognate meaning. This is the general meaning of all the related roots in a particular cognate family. Okay, so I'm going to put back up the presentation because this is what I've listed out for us is what are the related roots? What did we find? What's related to this shoot that we were looking at of going to and fro, which is the function that we see the adversary doing. All right. So here's when I looked at that word in the etymological dictionary, shoot. Here are all the related words. Okay. The cognate meaning they act surreptitiously or openly. Okay. Um, it mean the cognate meaning means to act surreptitiously or openly uh, of roaming, moving it. It's like, it's not hidden, you know, it's right out in the open going to and fro. Okay. So here's the related roots, harm, 
And, and all I did was put it out in, I listed it out here. I've listed it out in the Odeote. And so we got harm, trap, secret, ensnare, to plan evil, to cover, to turn away, to flow, to apportion, to express value, to establish, to judge. Okay, so if I wanted to dig further into this, like this would be how I would begin my study. I would take it out of this book, right? I found my word, shoot. Now I've got all the cognate meanings. If I want to really dig in to how the adversary is operating as Beelzebub, this is what I'm how I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to look up harm. And so now I can see I've got a vav, a vav, and a dalit, right? I put it here in the pictograph so that I can get try to give myself a meaning. But before I jump to the pictograph, I'm going to pick up another tool. I'm going to pick up this one, okay? This is called the Englishman's Hebrew Concordance of the Old Testament Coded with Strong Numbers. All right, and the, the reason that I'm explaining how I do it this way, right? This is, these are tools that go way beyond just using strongs, okay? These are the tools that help you dig to the Hebrew, all right, and, and understanding it. And you'll learn Hebrew by doing it. If you don't know Hebrew now and it's hard and, and with all the different vowel pointings and this, that, and the other, don't go that way first. Go this way and, and learn your letters. This will help you learn your letters and meanings, and you'll start seeing connections all over the place. This is a really, these books I'm showing you are extremely valuable books. I got them both off of Amazon, okay? All right, so what I would do then is the way this book works is it's all coded with the Strong's numbers, which is going to become very valuable. So what I would do is I would go to my first one and it's the way this is arranged is through the normal Aleph bet, right? It goes from Aleph all the way to Tav and it's just like you would look something up alphabetically, right? And so I'm going to turn to the section that has Vav and I'm going to look for this root. And then what it's going to do is it's going to give me a Strong's number. At that point, then I can find every verse where this root shows up, right? And I can then even take it to my other etymological dictionary, which would be this one. And I could not only find roots, but then I can find full words. Okay, so the second book is, and maybe somebody can find a link. It's called The Englishman's, let me, let me remove this. Let me remove my screen so you guys can see it better. All right, this is it. It's called The Englishman's Hebrew Concordance of the Old Testament, coded with strong numbers by George V. Wigram. It is a huge reference book. What I was impressed with is I think I paid like $25 for it. And it's it's amazing. It is, oh my goodness. 
how many pages is this? It doesn't even give me all the page numbers. It's just an incredible book. It doesn't even, it only, it stops giving page numbers before the index. Let me see. Wait a minute. No, it doesn't. They're at the top. It is 1,682 pages of information. <laughs> That's a lot of information. All right. And it's got, I mean, it, this, it's a reference book that's got everything. You can find everything in, in that one by, by doing this method that I'm talking about. And now this is the other one that is an, another etymological book. It's called a comprehensive etymological dictionary of the Hebrew language for readers of English. Okay. And once you start knowing your letters, then you can look up and you can find the full words because again, it goes from Aleph to Tav. It's in alphabetical order. Okay. So that you can look everything up. So, you know, it was um, Nina that inspired me to share these things because she really wanted to learn how to dig deeper and study deeper. So when, when she had sent me some private messages and asked me if I could share more on research tools, that's why I'm, I did this because I, I know uh, many of you are studiers. And what I've noticed is a lot of people that do what I do, they don't want to share how they do what, what we do, you know, and I've had to learn it on my own. And it's, it's not easy to learn and figure out the tools because nobody ever wants to share it. It's weird how ministry can become very competitive like that. And I never want to be like that. I would rather teach you guys how to fish than just give you one fish a day. <laughs> right? Because to me, that's the whole principle of everything that, that if I'm teaching you guys to, to do what it is I do, then you can do it and you can go reach a whole bunch more people. Right. And so isn't that what we should be doing? We want to reproduce. We want to point everybody that we can to Yahusha. <laughs> right. So that's, that's why I try to share in full and why I'm doing these audio classes. And I really, uh, I appreciate y'all's comments and, um, and, and I thank you. And I'm glad that you guys are here. I mean, really the only people who are going to listen to me do things like this are people who really want to learn things. So Praise y'all for your hearts that you have a desire to learn. So I love you guys. I hope that was helpful and that you enjoyed it. And I look forward to seeing you the next time. So come, um, I, I'm sure James and Lee are, are doing the tour portion today. So I know we've got that coming up. And uh, tomorrow evening at 8 p.m., I have a special interview with Michael Snyder. He's written a new book called The End Times. And, and I've been reading his book so that I can have a successful interview with him. And we've been corresponding by email. And we're both really looking forward to sharing. And um, if you don't know who Michael Snyder is, go look at some of his blogs. Um, he's uh, the most important news com. He is um, uh, the economic collapse blog.com. Um, he has one more. I put it on the description in the show that's coming up. I listed all of his blogs, but he's so interesting. Such a nice man. I've, I've read his work for years. I've written columns for him. I've interviewed him before. 
Um, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. He he spent his career as an attorney in Washington, D.C. He's a very interesting person. It has a lot of insight on the economy and on, on a wide array of subjects, plus the fact that he is a feast keeper and Shabbat keeper. And so he's got his pulse on what's going on in a lot of different areas. So he is a very interesting man. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that discussion. I hope you guys can join us for that. All right. Well, for now, Shalom. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for being with me and uh, see you later. Shout out.